Hi, and welcome to Deep Leadership. I'm your host, John Rennie. Today on the podcast, I'm going to share one of the major differences between leading on a nuclear submarine and leading in corporate America. I'm going to give you a peek into what it was like driving one of the deadliest warships in the world. You're not going to want to miss this episode. Are you ready to dive in? Let's get started. Welcome to Deep Leadership. Leadership is a people business. That's the philosophy of your podcast host, John Rennie. As a former Cold War submarine officer who spent 20 plus years leading businesses in corporate America before starting his own manufacturing business, he knows that leadership matters. Leadership matters. Are you ready for some real world actionable advice from John as well as his expert guests? I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. The show starts right now. Welcome to episode eight of the Deep Leadership Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about two important aspects of leadership that many of us probably take for granted, responsibility and authority. We're going to look at how the Navy treats these topics, but we're also going to take a look at how corporate America deals with them. And you're going to see that the difference is profound, and there's an important lesson to be learned for all leaders. But before we dive in, I wanted to answer a question that I've been getting a lot. In the intro, I talk about expert guests, and the question I keep getting is, so where are the expert guests? Well, I wanted to let you know they're coming, and we've already started scheduling some of them. So since I'm new to podcasting, I really wanted to get my sea legs under me first. I wanted to make sure I was getting the recording and the sound right, and hopefully you're seeing an improvement each episode. So stand by. Great guests are just around the corner, but today it's just me again. So as I mentioned in the intro, I wanted to give you a little insight on what it's like to drive a nuclear submarine. And you might be surprised to learn that the officer of the deck, the person that's in charge of the submarine, doesn't actually steer the boat. This is done by the helmsman. And what's interesting is when we were operating on the surface, the officer of the deck wasn't even in the same room as the helmsman. The officer of the deck was on the bridge. So if you think of a submarine, you see that big black thing and that that's our bridge and you see guys up there. So the officer of the deck is up on the bridge and the helmsman is down in the control room. It's about 60 feet away or so. And the helmsman has no view of the outside. All he has is his instrument and gauges in front of him. So the only way the helmsman knew what to do is listen to and precisely follow the commands by the officer of the deck. So we would be wearing these, what they call sound powered headphones, and we would listen, he would hear our commands, and he would only uh, do what the commands were that came from the bridge. So if you think about it though, when we were operating in a channel, so when we were going in and out of sea, this was a major challenge because there's no room for error when you're operating inside of a narrow channel. So just to give you a feel for for our, our uh, boat, it was about 42 feet wide, and the channel was probably at best 200 feet wide. So with heavy winds, shifting tides, swirling currents, there was just little room for error. And this was all happening uh, in real time and all done uh, through communicating uh, to the helmsman from the bridge. And, you know, people ask me about how, what it's like, and I, and I say the best way to describe the scenario, it's like a blindfolded driver on a narrow and dangerous mountain road, accelerating, braking, and steering based only on the commands given over the radio by someone sitting in a chair strapped on the roof. This is just what, what it was. 
It was a delicate operation, and one false move move could run the boat aground, or we could hit a channel marker, maybe a buoy, and, and really that was the problem. So you probably know this, but if you don't, I will tell you that the Navy has a zero-tolerance policy for running a ship in, on uh, aground, right? They don't want their ships hitting anything uh, that is, is not water. So if you run a ship aground in the Navy, the officer of the deck and the captain both lose their jobs. One simple mistake and your career is over. And in fact, in my upcoming book, All in the Same Boat, I'm going to tell a story of uh, when we had a mix-up between myself as officer of the deck and my helmsman that almost led to us colliding with a channel marker. Now, fortunately for us, our procedures and training kicked in and it prevented it from happening, but it was a pretty scary situation. So... In the Navy, the captain loses his job if if a ship runs aground or if it hits something like another ship or a buoy or what have you. So you might be thinking, well, how is that fair? How is it fair that the captain, who isn't even driving the boat or giving the order to the helmsman, how can he be liable if something bad like running aground actually happens? Well, the answer deals with how the Navy views responsibility. And we're going to look at that in detail after this break. Thanks for listening to Deep Leadership. We'll be right back after a brief intermission. Hey, leaders. If you're anything like me, you drink coffee to power through your morning. But what about in the afternoon? For me, I start getting a little sleepy and unfocused around 2 p.m. So I like to do something to get me recharged and refocused. I've tried a bunch of different energy drinks. I've even tried that stuff that's supposed to last five hours. Most are expensive and cause you to crash later in the afternoon. I was introduced to a, a really good product by a fellow veteran. He told me to try Strike Force Energy. Strike Force is a veteran-owned company founded by a Navy SEAL, and their products are all made in the USA. Strike Force Energy is a liquid flavor pack that you can add to any beverage. It has zero calories, zero carbs, and zero sugar. Each pack contains 80 milligrams of caffeine. I actually add two packs and a liter of water in the afternoon. I get my water, my energy, and the great taste of Strike Force throughout the afternoon. I personally prefer the original flavor. Strike Force Energy is offering a discount to all the listeners of Deep Leadership. Go to strikeforceenergy.com and enter the discount code I have the watch, one word, I have the watch for a 20% discount on your order. Strike Force Energy, fuel for your fight. And we're back. So how is it fair that the captain would lose his job if the ship ran aground? Well, in the Navy, the captain is fully responsible for everything that happens in his command. If the ship runs aground, ultimately it's his fault for not training the crew and supervising them properly. This is how the Navy viewed responsibility. We were always taught in the Navy that as a leader, you could delegate authority but you could never delegate responsibility. So what does that mean? Well, it means that you can give the people under your command the authority to get something done, but if something goes wrong, the leader is ultimately responsible for everything that happens on their watch. This is part of the reason why I named my first book, I Have the Watch. It signifies that the best leaders take the watch. They know they are responsible for everything that happens under their command, good or bad. So this is why the captain is ultimately responsible for any mistakes that happen between the officer of deck and the helmsman. 
If anything happens, if the ship runs aground or hits anything, the captain will have to answer for this mistake. Therefore, the captain takes the job of training and developing his team very seriously. He wants a competent team driving the ship because he's literally staking his career on it. So the Navy sees responsibility and authority this way. A leader can delegate authority, but never responsibility. Ultimately, the leader is always responsible for everything that happens on his or her her watch. So let's contrast this with corporate America. You're probably already, uh, you probably already know where I'm going with this, all right? In corporate America, I see just the opposite, or I've seen just the opposite behavior. I see bosses who regularly delegate responsibility, but then they hold on to all the authority. So employees aren't giving the, given the authority to get things done, but they're held accountable for the results. And if anything goes wrong, it's the employee that takes all the blame and the boss never has to face the consequences. You're probably shaking your head and saying, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. And you probably have seen this in your organization as well. In corporate America, bosses tend to delegate responsibility, but never authority, which is just the opposite of the Navy. And it's incredibly frustrating for employees. Let me give you an example. Let me tell you a little story. My first job out of the Navy, I worked for a large global engineering company, and I had an amazing CEO. He pushed authority to the lowest level. He gave us the authority to make decisions locally. He had a tiny staff at headquarters because he trusted his leaders around the world to make the best decisions. Yes, he held us responsible for our decisions, but he gave us the authority we needed to get our job done. His, uh, the level of authority that we had matched the level of responsibility we had. And in the end, I loved my job. It was fun. I knew I had the freedom to make the decisions, but I would also be held accountable for the results. To me, that seemed fair and equitable. I had the authority and I had the responsibility to get the job done. Now, I worked for this company for 15 years and I went through many different CEOs. And what I saw over time is that every CEO built the headquarters bigger and bigger, right? They kept adding more and more people to the headquarters. And the company became a giant bureaucracy and we kept adding, we, we kept adding layers of management, layers and layers of management. And the amount of authority we had, the amount of autonomy we had at the local levels kept getting smaller and smaller each year. However, we were still held responsible for the results. So I I found myself in one of the worst positions you can be in as a leader. I was responsible for the results, but I didn't have the authority to make the decisions in my own business. As a result, I, I was frustrated. I hated my job. My team looked to me to make decisions and I didn't have the authority to do it. I mean, you probably won't even believe this or maybe you do. Uh, even pay, pay raises were carefully scrutinized to two decimal places. And I'm not kidding. We had to get approval for even two decimal places of a pay increase for uh, like an outstanding employee. I mean, in a lot of ways, the fun was gone and it was very, very frustrating. The reason I tell you this story is to show you what it's like when you delegate responsibility, in other words, you hold people responsible for the results, and then you don't give them the authority to make it happen. It's very frustrating, and uh, it can be stressful. When, you know, when the authority and responsibility are not in balance, employees are left discouraged. So if you think about it in your organization, how are you dealing with these, in, these two important aspects of leadership? Are you using the Navy model where, you're dele- where you delegate authority 
but not responsibility. In other words, the leader is ultimately in charge or or responsible, I mean, for the results. Or are you following that bureaucratic corporate America model where you delegate responsibility, but not the proper authority for people to get things done? Or maybe do you look at it like my first CEO? Do you balance authority and responsibility properly to where you you give the proper amount of authority for the for the right around amount of responsibility. Do you have that in balance? How you do this, how you balance authority and responsibility affects your employees. It, it the effects on them are profound. It's really the difference between engaged employees who love their jobs and are given the autonomy to do them or frustrated employees, people who are looking to leave, people who are frustrated with the bureaucracy and the fact that they're held accountable, but the leaders are never held accountable. So this is the difference between authority and responsibility. And uh, I want you to think about this. Think about your organization, uh, maybe in your past career. Have you seen organizations that get it right? Or have you seen organizations that have maybe screwed this up like the company I work with for a long time? So reach out to me on Twitter and let me know what uh, you think. I'm interested in your take. You can reach me at John S. Rennie, and that's John with no H. And if you want to know more about what it means to have the watch, pick up a copy of my latest book, I Have the Watch, Becoming a Leader Worth Following. You will discover how balancing authority and responsibility correctly will help you become a leader worth following. Go to eyeofthewatch.com for more information. And uh, this book has been on the Amazon bestseller list for eight months now in the category of business team. So to uh, business teams. So to thank uh, the listeners of this podcast, there's a special discount for signed copies of the book. Go to eyeofthewatch.com and click the large orange button for signed copies and enter the discount code Deep Leadership, one word, Deep Leadership at checkout to get 20% off your order. And domestic shipping is always free on my website. So that's it for today. Think about this topic uh, throughout the week. Are you delegating authority and responsibility properly? How can you get these better in balance? Because if you do, you'll become a leader worth following. So if you like this podcast, please subscribe and share so we can continue to build a world with better bosses. Until next time, this is John Rennie saying take care and lead well. Thank you for listening to Deep Leadership. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for all you do. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. For more information and updates, please visit our website at www.deepleadershippodcast.com or johnsrenny.com. Until next time, take care. Welcome to Ringside with Ray and Prince. My name is Ray Leonard Jr. Oh, is that the No, that's just my dad. My name is Prince Daniels Jr. Daniels again with a big hole. Touchdown! On this show, we come to humanize athletes, entertainers, business executives. We're going to see what makes them tick. Tuesdays, 10 a.m. Pacific time on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, and wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you there. Peace and power. Electric acid. Hi, I'm Lessa Cadet, host of her Extraordinary Life by Design podcast, where we celebrate women who are shaping their lives one extraordinary day at a time. 
I speak with women from all over the world about what they do and how they are passionately pursuing their dreams and creating meaningful impacts on their communities. So come join us and learn about all there is to learn about these extraordinary women.